Chapter 35 Borderlands Short of Ultimate Fatherhood We walk on with Jesus in silence a good while. Suddenly we realize that we have come a great distance from the Father's mountain mansion. The terrain has changed. The greenery here is not nearly so lush. The high waters are already thinning. Less of their emerald color sparkles now in the grasses and leaves. Nor are we walking alone. The way is actually growing crowded, with considerably more bustle and activity than higher up. We are greeted as we pass. Everyone knows Jesus and speaks familiarly with him. Once again, we notice the containers they are carrying. Suddenly, with alarm, we realize the air is changing, too. The crisp atmosphere of the high region has begun to give way to the old familiar feel of the valley fog. Then we realize we have been descending all morning. Where are we going? We ask in anxiety. Are you taking me back to the valley? Have no fear, Jesus reassures us. There were many questions on your mind earlier. We are going to visit some of the low-lying borderlands, where you will find answers to them. Did you not say that the borders of the estate were far away? They are. These are not borderlands because they are near the boundaries, only because they are far down the slopes from my father's home. They are the frontier outposts, lying in the fringe regions, but we are still within the precincts of the father's land. Who are all these people? Your brothers and sisters, my father's own sons and daughters. They are part of his family? Yes, certainly. Then why do they live so far out here, so far down in the lowlands? They choose to. But why? It is not nearly so pleasant. The air is not at all so invigorating. The water here does not tingle with such vibrancy of life. All you say is correct. And it is a puzzle, but they are more comfortable here. We cannot imagine it, especially since they seem familiar with the mountain places. Why do you say that? asked Jesus, responding to our thought. Because they are walking up and down. Were not many of them up there earlier? They sojourn there, it is true. He nods, but they do not have eyes to see the father's home for what it is. They merely conduct their business and then return. Their lungs are not accustomed to the high air. By their business, do you mean those containers they are carrying? Yes. What are they? They are for gathering water from the wells and pools outside the mansion where accumulate some of the overflow from our father's springs. They bring it back down here, to where they live.
but I understood there was room enough for all the father's family up there. There is vastly more than sufficient room for all who would dwell there. Why don't they, then? They would rather cart the meager containers of the father's life down the hill and come back for more when they need it than live where they can fill themselves with his being constantly from the source. They only sip at the father's goodness. They are afraid to drink of it to the fill. They are afraid too much goodness will lessen his divine holiness. They dabble out his forgiveness with sprinkles from reluctant fingers, as if the world is experiencing a drought from the waters of life. It grieves our Father, but such is their choice. Until they choose otherwise, there is little anyone can do to dissuade them from their scanty belief in his goodness. But can't they be told? Surely if they only knew what it was like inside the great mansion. Surely if they knew of the emerald pool, they would... They have been told in a thousand ways. All have been told. You should understand. You were once of their number, too. You lived many years in the valley. Telling is not required, but hearing. But this is not the valley. I thought we were within the Father's estate. We are. But you will find many pockets of valley dwellers in our Father's family. Of the places I will show you, some are higher on the slopes than others. Some, sad to say, live so low as to be quite suffocated by valley fogs. Those who make their homes in such parched regions find the high air so difficult to breathe that they must make quick work of it when they venture up to gather the water they need. That is beyond belief. The air up there is easier to breathe. Not for them. They have so accustomed themselves to the fictional fabrications of their theologies, calling our Father by so many names of their own devising, inventing so many illogical necessities, as they call them, that stem from their distorted views of his character, that when they get too close to the reality of his presence of love and forgiveness, they find themselves suffocating in their own inconsistency. They are more comfortable with doctrines about him than with the reality of his goodness. Maintaining their theologies is more important to them than the Father himself. But why? I cannot understand it. A few taste the high air, and instantly all thought of doctrinal fog becomes loathsome. But many others find it just the opposite. They cannot stand the sting of accountability the high air causes. Their comfort is found in the traditions of their valley elders and their valley explanations of God's ways. We walk on, reflecting on all he has said. Looking up after some time, we find ourselves approaching what appears to be a heavily inhabited settlement. As we come near, everyone greets Jesus with relieved and appreciative smiles. They seem on the most intimate of terms with him, 
though we cannot help but notice the anxious looks they continually cast up the mountain in the direction from which we have come. We look about, then at last see a small signpost at the entry to the place. It reads, City of Fear. Chapter 3 